0: Like that was a an exit for Mister Rogers or something. That was that was great. That was great, man. Good to see you guys. Uh, good morning. Um, I heard Jeff mention that there's foxes outside. I went and checked, and they're not with the petting zoo. So do not pet those. I'm just saying. I'm just kidding. Some of the kids are like, "What?" Um, man, it's so good to see you. I wanted to uh, to welcome you to Whitewater, and I wanted to celebrate a few things. Whitewater is a place we say you can belong before you believe and belong as you believe. Um, Last week was an incredible week where we had people make make amazing decisions, commitments of faith to have peace with God, peace within, and peace with other people. Um, It was absolutely incredible. And we had the biggest Easter we have ever had as a church family. Um, We had over 800 people here on campus last week hearing the news of Jesus. You guys, that's amazing. Thank you. And church family, thank you for serving and praying and just being being a church where we make room for people who, you know, maybe religion hasn't been something they're excited about and they're learning that jesus isn't about religion he's about relationship and we're making space for that in this church so thank you i wanted to highlight a few things and then we'll jump into into the talk for today um the first thing is uh, we do this thing called Starting Point. I want to invite you to that. Uh, starting Point is uh, at my house and Sarah's house. So we want to invite you over to have some food today. It's right after this service. You can head over to our house. Uh, it starts about 1215, I believe, and um, we'll have food and all child care for you. And if you're wanting to know our address, you can grab a, a slip of paper in the back that has our address, or you can mark it down on your Connect card uh, and, and turn it into the... Uh, the plate as it goes by later, and, and someone will text you. Uh, please do not use our address for nefarious purposes like forking or TPing our house. But uh, we would love to have you come over. And uh, I love Starting Point because we get to hear your story, everybody's journey, everybody's story is unique. There are always similarities, but it's just so fun to hear that. And, and what we really do is we look at what, what is the next step for your spiritual journey, where you're at? What is God doing in your life? And we want to get behind that. The second invitation I wanted to give you today is for next Sunday, we're starting a brand new series. It's called I Don't Have Time for This. Any people that are busy, active in, the, in this building today? Are you guys pretty busy? Uh, scheduled out? Like, we live in a crazy busy world. And it's like the new virtue is I'm busy. Like, that's the greatest thing in the world. I'm too busy for this. I'm too busy for that. And like, even in my life, it, like, it can creep up so easily. We live in a world that doesn't have time for this. Uh, some of you guys might be sitting here today and you're like, I don't have time for this sermon, George. Get it going. Um, but I got you here. Um, I don't have time for this. How do we learn to make time for the things that matter most, for the people who matter most? How do we make time to love? How do we make time to give time? And uh, I want to invite you to bring a friend out next week. It's going to be a phenomenal series, I think, that will speak to uh, some of the most important areas of neglect, spiritual neglect. How do we spiritually rest, rest in a world that has just gone mad and is crazy busy? How do we prioritize. So I wanted to invite you to that. Let me say a word of prayer and we'll get started. Heavenly Father, we just praise you for today. I thank you for uh, our friends who are baptized in the prior service. Lord, thank you for the work that you're doing in their life. Lord, I, I know there are people here today that you have a plan for that didn't even know you when they walked in the building they didn't know you very well they didn't know that you have a plan for them and God your plan is just going to change their life would you begin that change right now would you quiet our hearts to be able to listen to you hear from you thank you for this church family in Jesus name amen my friend Tom told me he said when I came out of the water I felt something change inside me. Um, my friend Tom was baptized, and when he was baptized, I held him down a little extra long because he struggles with some sin, and no, I'm just kidding. Some of you guys may have been greeted by, Tom's in the back, hey Tom, that's the man right there, and I, I didn't hold you down too long, I won't hold anybody down too long, I'm scaring everybody now, uh, shoot. Um, When he came out of the water, he just said, I felt something change inside me, and see baptism is like this, this spiritual symbolic moment in a believer's life, in a person who's following Jesus where they're declaring to the world, declaring to themselves that, that there's something transcendent and something different about them, that they've put their faith in Jesus, that they're gonna be immersed, like they were immersed in the waters, into a new life. And when you come out of the water, it's just like the resurrection, new life of Jesus, this powerful moment. And there's something that, that, that changes in us And today, I want to let you know that you are invited to step into the waters of freedom and be baptized today, you might have had no plans, zero plans on being baptized today, but God might have had some other plans. I just want to let you know in advance that he might have had those plans for you, and you are invited. The beautiful thing about baptism it is also the sign of the great radical inclusion of Jesus Christ that doesn 't matter what gender you are, what class you are, what uh, ethnicity you are, nationality you are it, doesn't, it does not matter at the foot of the cross. We are all included and brought in and the waters of bapti- baptism are for everybody you me and I just want you to know that God might have an appointment with you today and you are invited to be baptized now I'm going to let you wrestle with God the rest of the sermon if that might be you and I wanted to give us a picture of what baptism is all about uh, this is a verse in first Corinthians 10 1 through 2. You can, you can get your Bibles out if you have them. This isn't going to be up on the screen, but let me read this to you. It says this. Now, I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud, all passed through the sea. Now, if, if you have your Bible out, go ahead and underline verse 2. It says, all were baptized, submerged, immersed, baptized, into Moses, in the cloud, and in the sea. The author Paul here is writing about his ancestors, his people, Israel, the people of God that have this amazing story, this journey through a desert, this journey from slavery to freedom. And um, it's this wilderness journey. It's, a, it's like this journey that... That takes these different t- turns at different points and it, it, it serves as a picture for us. And, and I want us to know that this is a picture for you and me. And, and the author here is trying, to, is trying to help us see a vista, see a picture of our spirituality and of our, our reality. Um, that can change us. The first thing is that the, the people of God, Israel, they were always taking turns away from God. And they'd be like, God, I trust you and I love you. And then they'd see something shinier, see another God to worship, see something else they wanted to chase after, be afraid of something. And they'd run away from God. And then they'd come back and they'd run away from God. And, and this, in this journey, we see the humanity of people, the grace and forgiveness of God, and the goodness of God. That we have a good God who wants to lead us through whatever desert, through whatever slavery, through whatever issue, through whatever problem we have, and he wants to lead us to freedom. And the image that Paul draws on here is that is baptism, immersion. That when we're baptized in the waters of freedom, we are being baptized just like the children of Israel were walking through the Dead Sea. From the slavery of 400 years into a newfound freedom. Now, I want to go through the story um, so we can get that picture, so that we can understand that in our hearts. What is God doing? What is some of the, the meaning of baptism? There's a lot of meaning behind a day like today, but I want to make sure we see it from this angle. We look at the mountain from this, this angle of freedom, of forgiveness, and a new future. Now, if you want to, and you have a Bible or you have a uh, an app, a phone, uh, whatever that might be, whatever device you want to look at the Bible on, you can go ahead and turn right now uh, to the book of Exodus, chapter 14, starting in verse 10. Uh, Exodus f- uh, 14, starting in verse 10. And as you find that, I want you to know that just like Israel, as you're as we're on a journey with Jesus some point you're gonna look back it might be six months from now it might be a year from now but you're not gonna recognize yourself because that's what God does like when we start moving with Jesus we start moving forward we feel like oh, I'm fumbling with life and I'm imperfect and I have all kinds of struggles but at some point you're gonna look back and you'll be like man I'm so grateful I'm not that way anymore I'm so grateful for what God has done in my life I'm so grateful for that friend and that person And and as you're on this journey, I just want to encourage you to take that next step. Don't be afraid. So let's jump into this story. In verse 10, it says, as Pharaoh approached the Israelites, the Israelites looked up. As Pharaoh approached, the leader of their oppression, the leader of their enslavement approached them. It says, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians coming after them, bearing down on them. At this point in the story, they had been uh, slaves for 400 years. They had cried out to God, would you hear our cries? Would you free us? Would you liberate us? And, and God sent somebody to free them. God came down, but he, he did it in partnership with a human being, with a leader named Moses, a leader who didn't see himself as a leader, a leader who saw himself as a failure, a leader who didn't see himself as good enough or worthy, reticent, uh, wanting to shift the weight of leadership uh, off his shoulders and say, God, send somebody else. He didn't feel fit for the job, but, but God made him fit for the job, and he sent Moses and I'm willing to bet because this is in my life whenever I've been in need of spiritual breakthrough spiritual help um, uh, change in my life freedom in my life God has sent the answer to my prayer in the form of a leader very often God sends the answer to our prayers in the form of a leader can anybody uh, vouch for that does anybody else relate to that God loves to send us a leader not perfect people But people God wants to use. And sometimes he sends you and me. Going on in the story, it says the Israelites, seeing the Egyptians bearing down on them, they'd been set free by Pharaoh at this point. He'd said, okay, I relent. I'm going to set you free. And then he changes his mind. So when the the children of Israel, we'll call them Israel, God's people, got to the Red Sea, the Egyptians with Pharaoh, who had changed his mind, had said, you're free, and now he says, nope, I'm going to re-enslave you, is bearing down on them. So they're between a rock and a hard place. They're between the Red Sea and an army of slavery bearing down on them. That's where we're at in the story. The Israelites were terrified and cried out to the Lord for help. They said to Moses, their leader, right? Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? So like the tone of their voices, the tone of their message is somewhat changed from God set us free. Oh, he's freed us. We're so grateful. This is so incredible. God, thank you. So all of a sudden, why did you bring us out here to die, Moses. They're not addressing God now. They're addressing Moses. The fury often gets placed on the leader, not on God, unfortunately. it's so human. Isn't this what we told you in Egypt? Didn't we tell you this wouldn't go well? Leave us alone so that we may serve the Egyptians. Wasn't that our message? God, we, we are crying out in We love being slaves. Don't come save us. We want to remain slaves in Egypt. Do you see the spiritual amnesia? in this moment I I, I laugh at it I look at this and it's like how ridiculous is this except when I look at my own life I see areas where I was in slavery and then when all of a sudden when that slavery rears its head again or that area of sin or area of fear and, and angst comes back into my life with a fury all of a sudden my narrative changes really easy to fit the moment all of a sudden spiritual amnesia sets in Sarah I told you this was a bad idea novella i said don't you remember and it's not true at all they're, they're lying to themselves they were crying out for freedom they were oppressed enslaved asking god to move asking him to break into the world then they say it would have been better for us to serve the egyptians than to die in the wilderness we forget so quickly when we face what enslaved us could be it could be, depression, it could be um, addiction could be a family pattern. Could be like a, a habitual sin. And we think we're free. And then when it comes back or something from the past, when it comes back, our legs start to quake and we forget and have this spiritual amnesia. But Moses said to the people, because he is a spiritual leader, this is what spiritual leaders do. He says, Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Have you ever had someone tell you to not be afraid in the scariest moment of your life? Like you almost got hit by a car or a semi and someone says, don't be afraid, we'll be okay. And you're like, are you kidding me? Don't be afraid, you know, this, you, you're, you're, your son is about to throw his life away. What do you mean don't be afraid? Don't be anxious. Don't be afraid. You know, you're, you, you just, you're just about to go into foreclosure. You're just about to lose things, don't, but don't be afraid. What do you mean don't be afraid? Like, don't acknowledge the reality. And yet Moses, in his leadership, says, don't be afraid, Stand firm and see the Lord's salvation that he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you, but you must be quiet. Remember my dad, when we'd get too loud in the car or in the house, too rambunctious, he'd go, quiet. He'd do it with that, like, growl, quiet. And he'd shake his finger at us. He'd do it to the dogs too. Quiet, Daisy. Quiet, George. And shake his big beard. And he kind of looked, in my mind, he kind of looks like Moses, quiet. And Moses is saying, quit complaining. Quit having your spiritual amnesia. The Lord is going to fight for you today. Stand firm. And I love that he says, he, the Lord's salvation, watch it. Look for it. He's going to accomplish it. This is a salvation. This is a freedom that you can accomplish in your own power. And oftentimes we have people in our lives that are, you know, spiritual leaders that could say, try harder, do better, do more, fix it. And, and Moses as a spiritual leader, he knows that there's certain things that we have zero control over. Like, you're not going to defeat the Egyptians. You're not all of a sudden going to get a, a bunch of boats that are going to take you across the, the sea. Wait on God. Whenever you're surrounded on either side and it's an impossible situation. It doesn't look like you can go backward or forward or sideways or under, around, over. It doesn't look like you can do anything. It's because you can't. And Moses says, just sit still, pray, and watch God save you. Watch him part the sea. Watch him move. Watch him do the impossible in an impossible situation. Trust him. Trust him. So many reasons and fears not to take a step of faith when you're kind of facing the sea and the enemies behind you, the enslavement is coming back. And when I think of baptism, there's so many reasons that we as people can think, I don't I don't want to get baptized. I I don't deserve to get baptized. I shouldn't be baptized. I shouldn't take that step of faith that God is wanting me and willing me and has led me to make. He's led us to this point, and we have so many fears that will start gripping us when the when enslavement in the old Egypt is coming back into our life. There's this mo- it paralyzes us, and the fear comes in, and we can either choose fear or freedom, fear or faith. And I wanna stand as best I can. I'm not a good Moses, but I'm gonna do my best. I wanna stand in a place with Moses saying, wait and watch God move today. Watch what God has done and is doing in your life. Don't be afraid. God is moving you toward a step of faith like baptism or a step of faith of peace with God, peace with other people. Some of you made that decision last week and it's like this is your, this is God saying, Take this step. Trust me. Don't be afraid. Don't be fear, afraid of being enslaved again. Don't be afraid of not being enough. Don't be afraid that I'm not powerful enough. Don't be afraid. My daughter um, <clears throat> and I were on the edge of this lake near Bend, Oregon. It was in Sisters, Oregon. And it was warm. Aren't you looking forward to the warmth? The spring is, I'm so, I'm, oh, I'm so excited about it. So we, we went to this lake, and um, my daughter is learning how to swim, and we, this lake was beautiful. Just crystal clear water. You could see, I mean, you could be in the middle of the lake, and you could see all the way down. You could see the fish. You could see the logs that had, um, had sunk to the bottom, rocks. It was just beautiful. And the sun was out. It was gorgeous. And my daughter is learning how to swim. She doesn't know how to swim yet, but she's learning, and, and um, I... Uh, Got all the suntan lotion I could. I shaved my head for the first time. I put suntan lotion. And I was like emanating light. all these people out there. And I walked, I remember walking to the water and there were like kids running away. It was just this bright, shining. And you know, we're from the Northwest where there's no sun. And it was like, you know, my daughter's like, what's that bright thing in the sky, dad? And she saw the water and she wanted to get in. So she started wading in, dipping her toe in. Oh, it's cold, but it's warm out here. Oh, it's cold. And she just finally jumped in a little bit. And then she jumped onto this log, just fully jumped onto this log. And she was just balanced perfectly on this. And it was this long tree that had fallen in. It was floating on top of the water. And it was like, it was a long limb. It was a long log. So she's there at the tip of it and then starts walking forward like this little blonde elf. Like she's just kind of dancing on this thing. So I start wading in next to her. And as we're going further and further into the water, she's just on top of it, I'm wading into it. It's getting colder and colder, but it's beautiful. And we hit this moment where I said, Novella, let's, let's, let's practice swimming. And all of a sudden she became aware of where she was. You know that moment? And she became aware that I'd been slowly pushing the log out into the lake. So she went to turn and said, no, Dad, I'm going to go. And there was no going back. The beach was no longer available to her. It was just this deep, clear death water. And some of you might feel that way at Whitewater. You're like, oh, no, I'm trapped in the building on this log. I can't leave, and he won't shut up. My daughter just was terrified and i said no just jump to me just trust me and um she said no <laughs> no daddy i don't want to jump i was like come on you can swim you can grab onto my neck you can swim on my back or hold on to my back and we'll swim together no dad and from her perspective i could i could see where she was coming from I could see, like, this is deep water. She shouldn't be there with not knowing how to swim if she was by herself. She shouldn't be out on a log by herself. Any other situation, this would not be good or safe at all. And then there's this just blinding white human being next to her. And he's trustworthy most of the time, but he likes to joke around. I don't know that I want to place a bed that he's going to catch me. I can understand from her perspective, couldn't you? But from my perspective... I'm her father like in any other situation, she should not jump off that log, but I'm here and I'm asking her to, and she can trust me. I'm standing in the water. It's not too deep for me. I'm going to help her. I'm going to hold her and we're going to learn. She's going to learn how to swim with me. She can trust me. And there was a few moments where I was like, come on, you can do this. No, dad, no, you can do this. She looked around, looked at all the other kids jumping in the water, finally, She had this mixture of fear mingled with terror. She leapt off this thing and whoosh, went to the water, and I just stepped aside. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) she just went fully under boom and she's getting big so boom all the way under and then I lifted her up and her head came out and she just was grinning ear terror mixed with joy whoosh dad and grabbed my neck and I was like getting strangled I was like get to the back and got her on my back And she's like this is so fun <laughs> but I'm scared please don't drop me and then I started swimming with her on my back and she was holding on to my neck and we worked on swimming together there's this moment in this story or are we going to trust God? Are we going to have faith in him? Are we going to move toward freedom? Are we going to move in fear? Verse 15, the Lord says to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to break camp. As for you, lift up your staff. Stretch, it out, stretch out your hand over the sea. Divide it so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. Skipping two verses to Verse 19, it says, Then the angel of God, who was going in front of the Israelite forces, moved and went behind them. This pillar of cloud moved from in front of them and stood behind them. This is like God's presence. This is fire by night. You could see just like fire and flame. It was was their guide, but it went from being their guide to being their guard. I love this image of God in the fire and the smoke, his presence being both our guide and our guardian. Amen? That he's before us and he's behind us and he's the one who comes to guard us from, the, from Egypt, from Pharaoh, from the thing and the people that would enslave us, from the, from the moments and the, and, the, and the things that would capture our hearts and pull us into enslavement. He's our guide and our guardian. It came between the Egyptian and Israelite forces. There was a cloud uh, and darkness, and yet it lit up the night sky. And neither group came near the other all night long. You could see the Egyptians just sharpening their blades, so excited. We're just gonna, this is gonna be like shooting fish in a barrel. We're gonna come on, we're gonna take these slaves and re-slave them. And then all of a sudden they see this smoke and fire move around this group of slaves, that have been telling them that they serve this God (laughs) that they don't believe in, that the Egyptians don't care about, they don't believe, and then all of a sudden this thing comes out at them, and you could see a few Egyptian soldiers saying, hey, I don't think this is going to go the way we thought it was going to go. You know what I'm saying? And God's fire stood between them. I love that image. Verse 21, then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord drove the sea back with a powerful east wind all that night and turned the sea into dry land. And so the waters were divided and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with the waters like a wall on their right and on their left. I just love this image that God is fighting for them. He clears a path for them to freedom. He creates a way to a future with him and unencumbered, liberated, freed, no longer slaves, a path to freedom, but God doesn't walk it for them. God fights for their freedom, but they have to walk into freedom. God doesn't force them to follow him to freedom. If they want slavery, if they choose that they can, Because he doesn't want to force them to love him and force them to follow him. He wants them to choose him. Am I your God or is Pharaoh your God? And they have to choose to walk the path of freedom. We, each one of us sitting here today, have to choose to walk that path to freedom. Where people follow God, freedom follows us. Um, man, I love this passage. So it goes on here. The Egyptians set out in pursuit, and all Pharaoh's horses and his chariots and his horsemen all went into the sea after them. And during uh, the morning watch, the Lord looked down on the Egyptian forces from the pillar of fire and the cloud and threw the Egyptian forces into confusion. He caused their chariot wheels to swerve and made them uh, drive with difficulty. Uh, they said, let's get away from the Israel. Because the Lord is fighting for them against Israel. Like, when God moves, even the enemies of God or even the people who try to ignore God, have uh, abandoned God, have run from God, when God is moving and freeing and forgiving and changing someone's life, when you see something like baptism where something is happening in, on the interior and exterior of someone's life, even the world that doesn't follow God has to acknowledge there's something Going on here. Some force is fighting for this person. Doesn't make sense otherwise. That's the God we serve. I love that. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea so that the water may come back on the Egyptians, on their chariots and their horsemen. And so Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at daybreak the sea returned to its normal depth, and the the, the path closed. While the Egyptians were trying to escape from it, the Lord threw them into the sea and the water came back and covered the chariots and the horsemen plus the entire army of Pharaoh that had gone after them into the sea. Not even one of them survived, but the Israelites had walked through the sea on dry ground with the waters like a wall on the right and on their left. And that day, the Lord saved Israel from the power of the Egyptians. That day, God freed his people from slavery. And this enslavement that was trying to come back, that they thought they had escaped and then it came back from, at them. And they were so terrified. And they had spiritual amnesia. And they were, re- they were ready to just give up. And they were ready to believe, oh, it's just better back in Egypt. Let's just give up. And the God that freed them from Egypt is the God who kept freeing them and freed them through the Red Sea. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. And when, the, when Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians, the people, now underline this, the people feared the Lord and believed in him and his servant Moses. There's a shift that happens here. where Once they've crossed, once they've been baptized through the fire and water of the Red Sea, their relationship with God, the way they see reality changes. And they're not afraid of the Egyptians anymore. They're afraid of God. Not in like, I'm terrified of God and he's evil. It's like, he is more powerful than I ever imagined. He is both great and he is loving. And they put their faith in him. They trusted in him. The three things I want to highlight here is freedom, Forgiveness and, and a future. And God forgives. He forgives the people when they doubt him, when they're like, oh, we're, you know, we, it's better back in Egypt, and they start lying to themselves, and they're, they're ready to turn against God. God forgives them even in their weakness. Isn't that good news for you and me? Like even when we're weak at moments, like God still forgives us. Even when we doubt God, God, God forgives us. And then freedom. Freedom. If you've been... Walking out of the the land of Egypt, and you've been walking away from slavery to something, whether it's 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 an addiction, it's a habitual sin, it's a relationship, it's a it's something that you just feel like you couldn't break from. For some people, like like Israel, they've been enslaved for four hundred years. There might be generational. Patterns of enslavement and sin in your life that you just feel, I can't break out of this. I, and what happened to my parents, and my grandparents, and, and my great-grandparents, and it might go back decades or even centuries. And today is a day of stepping into freedom and forgiveness that only God gives. That Jesus, like Moses, is the one who, who stood before the world and, and he parted the seas. He created a way by his death on the cross Became our fire that protects and guides and guards and leads us to the place of freedom. Amen? And when we're freed by God, there's a path that's open by God. Only we can take that path. Only we can walk for it. Like, we have to choose that. Your parents can't walk it for you. You can't walk it for your friends. We have to choose to walk it. We have to choose to take a step of faith into the waters of baptism, into the waters of faith. There are some, some people here that need to hear this. Um, sometimes the steps of faith of a son will begin the faith of a father. Sometimes the steps of faith of a daughter will begin the faith of of a mother it will it, it'll recharge or re, begin and start something new because they're seeing transformation in their daughter they're seeing freedom from generational sin they're seeing freedom from slavery and addiction they're seeing that and if it's possible for them and god can do it with them maybe god can do it with me and if you're sitting here today you need to know that you have the god of the universe a freedom god who wants to lead a freedom people into a future of freedom and I, I, I love that in the story that they still got a journey. They still got to go through the wilderness and they're going to mess up and they're going to fail at times. And, and the journey to freedom is a, is a process of freedom. And there might be moments where it's like we're free of Egypt, but, but there's still a whole journey of trying to get Egypt out of them. And some of us on this side of heaven, there might be something that we deal with, you know, chronic health. Is there anybody with chronic health that would love to be freed from that? And maybe God will do that in the journey on this side of heaven, but maybe it's not going to happen until the other side of heaven, but you can be guaranteed that your freedom will come and that when you step into the waters when you walk through the waters when you're baptized in in faith there's this spiritual moment where you are are acknowledging that your life is no longer on a trajectory of death and sin and, and slavery you are now on a trajectory of freedom following the freedom God Matthew 28, 19 says this, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I I can't explain the mystery of the three-in-one God. The three-in-one God. Father, Son, and Spirit. And there have been theologians much smarter than me who have written books and books, and they can't even scratch the surface on the beauty and reality and mystery of father, son, and spirit. I can't explain to you the mystery that is my wife. I can tell you about her. The best thing I can do is introduce you to the mystery and beauty that is my wife, and you'll get to know her. But like, there's something mysterious about relationship, about people, there's something mysterious about God, but I want to introduce you to the three-in-one God. And the reason that Jesus says baptize people as a command, baptize them into a new reality, into a new way of seeing, into a new heart, new change. Like my friend Tom said, when I came out of the water, something in me was changed is because there's a transformative moment Matthew 3 uh, says this, when Jesus was baptized, he went up immediately from the water. And when he came out of the water, that same change that Tom was talking about, it says the heavens opened up, a new reality opened up for him. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove coming down upon him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. You can be guaranteed about these three things. When you are immersed into the life of God, when you are, when you are baptized into the reality of God these these three things are are true you're baptized into a life loved by the father you are baptized into a life led by the spirit and you are baptized into a life lived like and with Jesus you can take that to the bank You are loved by your heavenly father. I know so many people that live their life and they're like always trying to earn, always trying to earn, always trying to earn love from mom and dad, love from somebody, trying to be worthy of love. And in this moment, baptism is the sign that God's love is given. It cannot be earned, it has been given. And that today, maybe it's your day to realize how much God loves you. The father loves you unconditionally. And to receive that love, quit rejecting it and trying to earn it, just receive it And and instead of of doing this this hamster wheel trying to earn God's love thing, realizing that right now you are are as loved as you are on your worst of moments, on your worst of days. God doesn't love you any more now than he loves you then, or he loves you when you're acting perfectly. God loves you. Like I love my daughter. His love will remain And then we are led by the Spirit. Spirit guides our life, guards our life, fills our life, empowers our life. He's the presence that guides us in front of us, behind us. He's the presence of God with us. And and baptism is, is, is becoming more aware of that reality. Some of you might be led here today and you've been thinking uh, baptism is more about tradition when it's about transformation. Some of you guys are, you might be thinking, well, I was baptized when I was a baby or when I was a child or when I was young, I made this decision and you don't want to, um, you don't want to insult your parents or you're, 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 you've already been baptized when, when you need to know if the spirit is leading you toward this, this is an affirmation of what your parents wanted for you. This is an affirmation of what you decided to do when You were younger, but the Spirit is leading. I always I always tend to lean toward following the leading of the Spirit. If today's your day to be baptized and step into the God life in a new way, I want to encourage you to follow that. Follow the leading of the Spirit. This is an affirmation of what your parents have wanted for you. They can't walk your path for you. And what they wanted, what they baptized you toward is good. It's an affirmation of that. This is your day, and God knew, but you didn't. I'd continue going with what God wants for you. Some of you guys are afraid, afraid of what you'd appear like, what your friends will think. Some of you are afraid of like this moment, and there's people here, and what do I look like? I'll have mascara running everywhere. I just want to let you know. Like, some of you are like, I don't have clothes for it. Like, we have extra clothes for you. We have shorts and shirts and sandals and little like mascara wipe things. You know? Uh We've got towels for you. We've got anything that you need for this moment between you and God. This is your freedom moment. Moses said, don't be afraid. The Lord is fighting for you. But he can't walk this for you. I want to encourage you to take that step of faith today. If you are ready to take a step of faith and know God, God, and find freedom in God. Would you pray this prayer? If you're ready for baptism today, and you're like, you know what? I think I'm going to do it. I'm kind of scared. Nope, I'm not going to do it. Wait, yep, I'm gonna, you're going back and forth. Pray this prayer with me today. And like my friends earlier, Josh, who I've known since high school, who got baptized. He, has a, he has a, had a rod in his back, so we had to get some guys to, extra guys to help. He was baptized like we didn't let any, He didn't want anything to stop him from being baptized. My friend Ben, who was an atheist last year and found Jesus and was baptized. If, that, if you're ready for baptism, pray this prayer. If you're ready to have a relationship with God, pray this prayer with me. Would you bow your heads? Heavenly Father, I want freedom today. Would you forgive me today? Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my freedom and my forgiveness. God, I want to be immersed in your love. I want to be immersed in in your leading. And I want to live a life with and like Jesus. I take the step of faith today so that I can have freedom. I love you, God, and the best I know how, I give my life completely to you. In Jesus' name, amen.